catch that on <laughs> on audio. <laughs> it, like starts, you don't hear that. Yeah. It just picks up where we start talking. But like everyone who is listening, whenever we record, I use this application called Craig. And we record in Discord with Craig. It's just so much easier because pretty much everyone has a Discord from online gaming. So whenever you ask Craig to join, it says, no recording. And <laughs> it just, do-do-do. But if you don't know that that does that, it will scare the hell out of you. It's very loud. All right. Well, this week, it's you. Oh, I didn't even say, hey, guys. Hey, loves. <laughs> What's up, bro? How you doing, my main man? <laughs> I don't know what the intro right. is anymore. <laughs> I'm covering all the bases. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Welcome to the <sighs> tangent episode, yo. Yeah, and usually, you know, you're the one that does these episodes. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, you know what? I'm fired up today. Well, you usually do the paranormal episodes. So I know. Kind of flip-flopped, but yeah. when I ask you, you're like, oh, I need the tangent one because I have <laughs> things to say. <laughs> I'm so tired. <laughs> so, yeah, so this will be a tangent episode. And these tangents are about uh medical gaslighting and just like trauma from like medical stuff so like uh yeah i i am so but i'm not saying every doctor's like this i have finally and recently this is why i'm so because like really this is just like a recent thing that like the last week or so that i found out some things um now my new doctor is nice. Uh, but I'm still so I'm just mad because I've been gaslit for like the last few years by multiple doctors. Okay. So <laughs> and of course, you know, I've had like a few medical issues like the last few years. Mm-hmm. <sighs> so here I don't even know where to begin. So first of all, I can't lose weight. I've tried so hard to lose weight. Um, and I have cons- like the only time I kind of lost weight is like back in December and January, whenever we were going to the gym. Uh, that's the only time I lost weight, and it really wasn't even that much. So um You have like PCOS. You know? So that's what I'm go- getting at. So give me because I do oh. know, like I have PCOS, but I have it's not just PCOS; it's like the insulin resistant PCOS, mm. which makes it harder for women to lose weight. Yeah. So yeah, we're gonna get to that because that's okay. part of the <laughs> medical gaslighting. Yes. Oh my god, I'm really gritting my teeth right now. <laughs> so. You know, and I've been struggling to lose weight for, like, four or five years. Like, I think since 2018 is when I started, like, really gaining weight. Um, 
And here, everyone just keeps saying, well, you need to eat better. You need to exercise. Well, my bitch already fucking do that. <laughs> I already exercise. I already eat healthy. Like, I'm not saying I eat healthy 100% of the time, but I guess like 90% of the time I'm eating pretty healthy. So obviously, and, and I've been pretty transparent on this, you know, on our podcast about my mental health struggles. Uh, like, I've been very transparent, open and honest about like how, you know, I used to be suicidal, trigger warning. I, you know, I keep forgetting some of those trigger warnings before I say stuff. Anyways, okay, late trigger <laughs> warning, mention of suicidal thoughts. Um, and like depression and stuff like that, and PTSD. I think either 2020 or 2021, I think it was actually like the end of 2020, beginning of 2021. Um, I kept bringing it up to my doctor. I was like, you know, I can't, I can't lose weight. Like, I've tried, like, I, I try so hard. And this was even at the time, like, I mean, I used to even be in kickboxing classes, okay. Like, when I say I am an active person, I'm an active person. (laughs) And so I do all this stuff trying to stay in shape. And yeah, he's just like, oh, well, let's let's put you on this weight loss medication. I was like, okay. And it's like, what is it? I I, I don't know. It's with an F or a PH, something like that. And here, now also in context, put this in here, is that I was born with a heart condition. Okay. This weight loss medication that I was put on speeds up your heart rate because you're pretty much on speed. No one told me about this, by the way. They're just like, yeah, this will help you lose weight. So I'm thinking like, oh, you know, it's going to curb my appetite or something. Not that I, and you've seen me eat. I barely even have an appetite, by the way. <laughs> and so I took it for like a week and I was like, listen here, I can't, I cannot do this. One, I can't even function at work because my brain is going like everywhere at a million miles an hour. <laughs> uh, and they're like, no, 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 just keep, you know, just keep taking it. I think I did try taking it for like a few more weeks, but I never lost any weight, like not even a single pound. I was like, listen here, this is not making me feel good. So I, I'm getting off of it. <laughs> and anyways, and then like shortly after that, I got put on another antidepressant that was also supposed to help me lose weight and quit smoking. And it did neither of those, by the way. Never lost weight. It did help me with my depression. Um, but never helped me lose weight. Did not help me quit smoking. Um, but fast forward, I still stayed on it simply because it did help me feel better mentally though. You know what I mean? So, but anyways, fast forward to literally last year and, uh, okay, actually we're going to go back to 2021 real fast since you mentioned PCOS. So when I had my miscarriage in 2021, so again, this is gonna be like a TMI episode because uh, again, we're just being open and honest here. <laughs> um, my my cycles have just never been regular for years. Like probably like since about four years ago when I started gaining weight. You know what I mean? Uh, my cycles are anywhere between thirty five days long all the way up to fifty five days long. Like that's that's a long time to go without a, a cycle. You know what I mean? 
Yeah. Well, mine have never been, ever been regular. Mine. Yeah, like my entire life, they have been completely unregular. I mean, I'm talking about how like I would go, sometimes I would go four months without a period. Then I would have one at the beginning, have one at the end, and then go three more months and then get another period. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Four months. Wow, that's a lot. Yeah. And then they suck because you haven't had one. Yeah. And it would get to the place where, like, it would knock me almost. I wouldn't be able to stand up because of how badly the pain was. Thankfully, like I mentioned in earlier episodes, that my period only lasted three days. So there was that sort of like, thank God this is only going to take three days and get over it type thing. But it's wild. And so like, I'm also just going to talk about like, how my miscarriage uh, like a little bit like and this isn't like a sad episode about like miscarriages by the way like i'm just being again like open and honest right now um so i had a miscarriage in 2020 um but i didn't know that i was even pregnant when i found out with that one, which i've mentioned that before um yeah because again like how my periods were sporadic in like I didn't have normal cycles. I thought when I was having my quote unquote period, I thought it was just like a period from hell and ended up being a miscarriage. But I didn't know I was pregnant until I went to my gynecologist because of like I was having boob pain. And I thought like I was getting like breast cancer or something. <laughs> and uh, so she obviously is like, oh, yeah, you know, you're so young, you sh- your boobs shouldn't be hurting. And, uh, and she's like, well, you know, are you pregnant? I was like, well, I'm like, I, I'm like, I'm not saying like, I'm not, but like, I, I took plenty of tests and they all came out negative. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. I did have my period last week. So I'm like, I don't think I can be pregnant. Well, anyways, that's when she did lab work on me. Cause she wanted to obviously see levels of also like, you know, if your white blood cell counts up or something like that, you know, that, that can be an indicator of cancer anyways. Um, during this time she actually found out that i was pregnant because my i did have hcg like in my blood work so i was like okay she's like yeah you just miscarried i was like okay well i didn't really take it like in a bad way because i just i didn't have time to get excited about it and she said no you know everything cleared out by itself super good you don't have to get surgery um but then she's like Cause I brought up about PCOS because like my peers just not being normal and stuff like that. And she's like, Oh no, I did test on you. Uh, your labs are perfect. You don't have PCOS. And she's like, your ultrasound shows you don't have PCOS. And I'm like, okay, okay, cool. So anyways, let's now fast forward to last summer. Remember last summer when we went and did that, Uh, oh my god you know what i'm sorry my brain is just like frazzed out for some reason i can't think of the name but the event that we did that was like right on the river that was like in the summertime yeah 
Okay. And like I was selling soaps and candles and we were selling paintings. Yeah, it was one of the vendor shows. Yeah, exactly. Thanks. Um, so, but remember how I broke out in hives? Right. So I went to the doctor for that because I kept breaking out hives for like a week straight. I'm like, I don't know what's going on, you know? Well, my doctor decided, you know, and I, I went in there for freaking hives. And of course, at this time, I was still on my, um, my antidepressant at the time. Um, but I really wasn't like sad or anything. I, I literally went in there for freaking hives, you know, I didn't go in there for, cause I was, you know, feeling bad still or anything like that. I was actually really good because, you know, um, we had a good show or the, the vendor show went good and I just got the job at the pharmacy. Like my life was going in a really good direction. Like I didn't have stuff to be depressed about. You know what I mean? Anyways, again, I, I want to make this very clear that I went in there for fucking hives. And in that same appointment, I got put on a, and I didn't know this, by the way, because no one ever, no one came and discussed anything with me. And this is also my fault for not questioning more. Like, I just, I just, like, trusted my doctor. You know what I mean? Like, I just trusted him. I was like, okay, you know, they have my best interests at heart. They know what they're doing. You know what I mean? Anyways, I got put on a bipolar medication. That I end up having a really bad reaction to. Because I'm not bipolar. But he, but I got diagnosed as bipolar. Like misdiagnosed. When I went in there for fucking hives. Honestly, God, <laughs> doctors are so, I don't, I know there are good doctors out there. I know that there are good doctors out there. I went into the hospital. See, this is, I have stories too, let me tell you. I went into the hospital, the emergency room. I won't say what hospital it is. I think I already told you this story. But I went in with my dad because we were both feeling ill. Yeah. I had a fever. So I come in and I had like a little bit of a cough, but I was still feeling fine. Like I could get up and do things. Um. And this woman comes in. To this day, I don't even think she was a doctor. <laughs> I think she's just some random woman who found a pair of scrubs and was like, let's play. Because she came in. She looked me dead in the face uh, and goes, honey, we need to get you on some serious medication. You have got. Um, oh, no, no, no. She said, she said, um, I don't even think we're going to prescribe to you medication. She said, because you just have the common cold. She said it should just go away. And then she left me and went to my dad and told him, we need to get you on some serious medication and you need to call your family in. And he's like, why? Because we were in two separate rooms. He said, why? He goes, because you're going into heart failure right now and I don't know how long left you have left. And my dad's like, no, I'm not. He's like, I've started into heart failure before. I know what that's like. He said, "I, I definitely don't have heart failure. She goes, no, listen, you need to call your family. Who can we call for you? And he goes, my kids are here with me, but I don't have heart failure. So she walks out, and I kid you not, 10 minutes later, roughly, 
a male doctor comes in, looks at me and goes, okay, so we're going to have to get you started on a pretty strong antibiotic. And I'm like, for what? I was just told that I had the, the <laughs> a cold. And he said, well, I don't know who told you that, but you actually have double pneumonia. And it's pretty severe. And I'm like, I could have left, gone home, and died. Because people can die from pneumonia. Like, it's happened. Oh, yeah. Especially double pneumonia. So they prescribed me, and then they go into my dad, and they and my dad's like, so how am I? And he's like, as far as I know, he's like, as far as I can see, you know, you're you're fine. He's like, you've just got bronchitis, and we'll get you an antibiotic, and you'll be on your way. And he goes, so I don't have heart failure? And the doctor's like, no, of course not. Where would you get that idea? And he's like, there was a woman that came in and told me that I was going into heart failure. And he goes, well, I don't know who she is, but she's way off. <laughs> yeah, so, like, I could have gone home and died. I don't know. It was, I don't even know what to say to it. It just, it just felt like somebody found a pair of scrubs and wanted to play doctor. That's just insane. Not to hijack your your story or anything, but like, no, no, the, but this is literally what it's about. Like, yeah, I don't know if I told you that story or not, but dear God, no, I just couldn't believe she came in and was like, "Oh yeah, you're going to heart failure. Like, call right. your family; they need to be here with you." And he just had bronchitis. Not the bronchitis is something to laugh at because it's not. Anything to deal with the lungs is serious, but it wasn't as serious as heart failure. I don't know. Yeah. Like, and I know there are good doctors out there that make worth going to the hospital, you know, worthwhile. But, like, then you get stuff like this. Like, what am I supposed to do with the information you just gave me? That makes no sense. Yeah, no. So, to make matters even better is that I am ADHD, and I did ask for ADHD medication, but, yeah, still on all these combination of drugs, yeah, it just wasn't, like, good. And, by the way, I still never lost weight, even though it swore up and down that this would help me, even though... Another thing is, is that I asked to see a nutritionist multiple times and asked to go to an actual like weight loss specialist because, you know, you know, you know, my gynecologist cleared me that I didn't have PCOS. And then also they kept and everyone kept saying like, oh, no, I, I got all your lab work. You don't have thyroid problems. You don't have PCOS. You don't have hormone problems, like all this stuff. Both doctors were saying that, by the way. But yeah, so, and then on top of that, going over lab work, because I had to go to the cardiologist recently, you know, because my old doctors, which, okay, I guess we're bringing a third doctor into this, my old cardiologist, also never told me that my heart was fine, that I didn't have a heart problem anymore. They didn't mention that at all to me. So I'm thinking, like, oh, my God, I still have this heart problem that I haven't gotten taken care of and stuff. Because I was born with a heart problem, and you know that. 
Um, but yeah, my old cardiologist that I've been seeing the last three years didn't say anything, but kept making me come in for echocardiograms and kept like, making me wear monitors and stuff. Yeah, I don't know why doctors don't just be honest. Is it just, I? well, maybe I do know. It's, yeah, because the more you come in, the more they get to bill your insurance. Yep. And so when I went to my new cardiologist two weeks ago, because um, my new doctor that I started seeing after the UTI incident uh, ended up referring me to a cardiologist because she's like, she's like, you know, I'm listening to you. She's like, yeah, you don't, you don't really have like, because I guess like your heart makes a sound when you have my yeah, like prolapse. A... <laughs> yeah. And apparently I just don't have that anymore, which is great. I'm so thankful for that. Um, but again, no one ever told me. So this whole time I've been thinking that I had a heart problem that I don't have. And I'm pissed. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, anyways, I got to the new cardiologist. And she's like, yeah, your EKG is perfect. She's like, I'm still going to, you know do a heart monitor on you only because you know i i want to officially clear you but she's like i i have she's like i am 99.99 percent sure she's like this is gonna be the last time you see me i was like oh okay that'd be fucking awesome. not not i mean yeah. she was really nice you know what i mean it's just like you don't want to see a cardiologist you know what i mean especially when you're like 30 or even in your 20s like you Right. You shouldn't be seeing a cardiologist. You know what I mean? I'm just, again, I'm so tired of getting gaslit. So then the next day, so because also the cardiologist, you know, ordered like a, like a bunch of mm -hmm. different lab results as well. And then I had a, an actual appointment the next day at my new doctor. Okay. Like the one I got the second opinion from and ended up switching to. And she's going over all my lab work with me. And she's like, I was like, yeah, everything's great. She's like, well, she's like, yes, you're, especially like for your weight and stuff. She's like, you're, you're healthy. Um, but she's like, your thyroid is actually off. I was like, oh, I was like, what's well, ever been off before? She's like, no, we got your, your lab results from like the past few years. And no, you're this particular thyroid level that we're looking at has always been low what what yeah like i was like i asked for my thyroid and like so my previous doctor did look at my thyroid levels but i was always told that my thyroid was fine and here to find out it is not fine not that it's like severely messed up but it's messed up and then she was telling me, she's like, yeah, well, this thyroid level has a lot to do with your hormones. And she's like, I really think you have PCOS. She's like, I can't do anything right now. But she's like, in the next few months, we're going to bring you in. And we're going to test more in-depth hormones and stuff. And some other lab work. I don't know what they do for PCOS. But she's like, I really think that you have PCOS. She's like... I was like, yeah, well, my other doctor, you know, my last doctor cleared me. And she's like, no, they didn't even test you. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? 
And because, like, that was, like, one of the stuff I requested because I wanted to know why I kept having miscarriages. Because PCOS can cause miscarriages. But did you, like, something I, one of the reasons why I never thought that I actually had PCOS, even though it had been mentioned to me multiple times, was the fact that it says polycystic ovarian syndrome. And through some research... I found that even if you have PCOS, there are people out there who don't have cysts on their ovaries. Mm -hmm. Oh, really? And, yeah, multiple doctors have said, women doctors, I should say, multiple women doctors have said that they hate the name polycystic ovarian syndrome because it is so misleading. People believe that if you have PCOS, you have to have cysts on your ovaries, and that's not true. You can have PCOS without the cysts, which is what I have. Yeah. And see, I don't, that is one thing. I don't have cysts in my ovaries because obviously through all these miscarriages and other ultrasounds I've had trying to figure out like why it's been, because it, it also takes me forever to get pregnant. So every time I've gotten pregnant and then the miscarriage and stuff, it's taking me a little bit over a year to get pregnant. Right. So I've just like struggled hardcore getting pregnant. <laughs> um, like, that's like one of the things she's like, this could be the reason why you're not getting pregnant. Like, I was like, well, yeah, I'm like, you know, why? It takes me like two, three months to sometimes get a period. And she's yeah. like, yeah, that's not normal. I was like, well, I kind of knew it wasn't normal, but she, I was like, Everyone also kept on telling me, like, oh, it could take a while for my system to get back to normal because of having a miscarriage. Like, literally, my old doctor told me that it could take up to two years for my periods to regulate. And she's like, no, no, no. It's like, yeah, sometimes it could take up to two years to regulate after you have a baby and you're breastfeeding. Uh, but no, 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 not after a miscarriage. She's like, eh, maybe six months, but not two years. So, like, you know how I talked about getting, like, a hysterectomy because I don't want kids and all that kind of yeah. stuff. And there's just, like, kind of no use for it. I found out that having PCOS, getting your uterus removed is a terrible idea. Really? Yeah. Because one of the side effects, not everyone has it, but I do. One of the side effects is dark hair growth. So I'll have like dark hair on my shoulders, the backs of my shoulders that grows Ooh. in, um, on my chin, my sideburns come in real dark, um, and my upper lip. They come in real dark all the time and I have to shave them, like actually shave them. Well, I found out with women who have the dark hair growth, if you remove the uterus, you remove the estrogen, leaving only the androgen, meaning that that dark hair growth will continue and possibly get worse. Wow. Yeah, so they completely advise against women who have PCOS getting 
hysterectomies unless they absolutely have to have them. I mean, has your doctor discussed any medication stuff with you? No. No. PCO, like, I mean, I need to do more research on it. Um, yeah, I kind of went into a deep dive <laughs> the other day, like, obsessing over it. So, also, click into that article I just sent you. You're Which about one? to be floored. Um, so the, the like the one you one just sent? Who? Yeah, from who? The World Health Organization. Key facts. This is this is just from this year, by the way, February twenty second of twenty twenty three. Again, this is from the actual World Health Organization. Yeah, every day in twenty twenty, I was eight hundred women died every fucking day. Now, is that just in the U.S.? No, or is that in general? World. I'm okay. pretty sure this is worldwide. I could be wrong by thinking that this is worldwide, but. Every day, almost 800 women died from preventable causes related to pregnancy and childbirth. A maternal death occurred almost every two minutes in 2020. Between 2000 and 2020, the mater uh, maternal mortality ratio dropped by 34% worldwide, which is good but it's an raised in 2020 and from 2020 till 2022 it raised another 40 percent so this is going back on like a 2020 like statistics for 2020 uh, but it has now changed even more uh just not on who but on the cdc you can see the oh well Okay, you can see the CDC for the uh, United States, rather, uh, how we raised 40% yeah. deaths. This so. specific uh, article is for the World Health Organization. So, yeah. Yeah, this is overall just in the world. But still, That's 800 is not acceptable. A day, every single day in 2020. And it averaged out to one death per every two minutes. In the year 2020, every two minutes there was a pregnant woman dying. That was preventable, by the way. Preventable causes. So you can't tell me that there's not fucking malpractice shit going on. Like this shit needs to stop. It's preventable. I like guess just fucking. Uh -uh. I'm gonna send you something. This is from 2018. Okay. On the deaths for women, um, like pregnancy related deaths for women in the United States, not the world, the United States. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's it's fucking disgusting, and also, so. This is also why I trust home births over hospital birth. Because did you know that midwives are actually more educated on how to stop hemorrhages and 
if you take like a midwife, especially like one that does home birth or like a birth center birth, um, they're they have such lower mortality rates. It's not funny. And on top of that, like their hemorrhages, they they stop like super quick most of the time. Like, yeah, uh, yeah, that's it's fucking disgusting. Well, this says. In and how it even says seventy percent of pregnancy related deaths from hemorrhage are preventable. Really, there you yeah. know there's herbs. So okay, so like what happens during a home birth? Not and this might not happen at every practice, but there are some practices between like home births and or even like birth and births. Like there's just strictly ran by midwives. So there's no OBGYNs here, by the way. They're all midwives. Um sometimes that they'll have you take special like herbs that help prevent hemorrhaging ahead of time and also they they do have like shots with them as well mm-hmm. um oxytocin now it's because it, it also depends on what type of hemorrhage that you have but yeah uh they do have like there's herbs that they use that is like a not an essential oil but like a tincture you know but uh and then also they like i said they have the shots of pitocin which isn't like I mean, okay, Pitocin, Pitocin. But but the shot of Pitocin is not like the Pitocin that you get during your induction. Um, well, it's really for up. fast reacting because, like, you know, it does mimic oxytocin. Um, but it will help you. It helps your, your uterus contract to help stop that bleeding. And, of course, they do also set you up sometimes, like, you know. Yeah. But, yeah. Continue well, I just, what you're saying. I just looked it up uh, related to the thing I just sent you. Approximately since 2019, approximately 861 women have died in the United States for pregnancy within 42 days after delivery. The estimated maternal mortality rate was 26.4% per 100,000 live births in 2015 it was only 4.4 percent per 100,000 in sweden 9.2 percent in the united kingdom and 7.3 in canada now we're supposedly the greatest country on earth yeah but 26.4 percent of women who give birth die within 42 days of delivery. Mm-hmm. How does that make sense? It doesn't. <laughs> because because our healthcare is fucked up. That's that's really what it is. Our healthcare is so fucked up in this country. And I'm not talking about and I'm not here sitting there talking about like well, we need universal healthcare. One, I'm definitely for universal healthcare, but this is not that topic actually. I'm talking about like our healthcare fucking blows. Um I'm not talking about anything with insurances. Like, literally, like, the care that women get in this country is just fucking horrible for how great we're supposed to be and, like, how medically advanced we are and shit. Exactly. And yet we have the highest death rate and highest cesarean rate. Like, what the fuck is going on? Oh, no, I'm just happy that home births are starting to become more popular. It's... Us women are taking our power back because that's another thing is like 
fucking hospitals are like, you can't do that. Oh my god, do you need my bitch? I don't need shit from you. No. Like my body knows what the hell it needs to do. Like get the yeah. fuck out. I'll I'll tell you when the baby's out. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Why? Well, I mean like I've said before, women have been giving birth for literally ever. Literally since the beginning of time. Like if yeah. it wasn't for us women, none of you motherfuckers would be here. We <laughs> ourselves wouldn't be here if it wasn't for our ancestors. Yep. But yeah, if you go to your doctor, like an OBGY, you say, oh my god, I'm thinking I'm considering a home birth. They're gonna be like, gasp. Oh no, you can't do that. You could die at home. Well, That's what I'm saying. Like, it's fear-mongering. Yeah. And I'm not saying, like, yes, childbirth can be scary. It can be. It is, it can be dangerous. You know, I'm not saying that it can't be. But the way that doctors handle it, they're always treating it as an emergency, and it's not. Yes, there's going to be some of those births that are emergencies, like preterm labor or like preeclampsia, stuff like that. Um, hemorrhages can be an emergency. But the thing is, again, you know, I'm a, like, you know how many hemorrhages happen at home births? Like a lot. They they do happen. But again, midwives, they they know how to treat that shit without it turning into a whole catastrophe like they do in in, in the uh, hospitals and they're everyone's rushing around the room, panicking and shit. Oh my god, I have to cut the baby's cord, you have to get this out. Da, 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 da. And it's like, no, you know how midwives do it? They do shit quietly. Half the time you don't even know what's going on. Like they'll talk you through it. But they'll be like, Oh hey, you know, I'm gonna give you this shot because you're bleeding a little bit more than I like you to be. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, just hold your baby, cuddle your baby, because that's gonna help you. And I'm stating facts here. Like there it's proven facts that hugging your baby, hugging your spouse, or whoever your support person is, literally hug them because hugging and cuddling and stuff releases oxytocin. And oxytocin helps you clot, by the way. So, no, they're like, here, hug your newborn baby, cuddle the shit out of it. I'm going to give you this little shot to help you out, but, like, you're going to be fine. And then everything's fine. But, yeah, at the hospital, they're, like, scrambling, scrambling, you're like, oh, my God, call the OR, call this, call this. And it's well, just, and the like, first thing that they down. do in the hospital when your baby <laughs> is born is literally take the baby from you. Yeah. Whereas they're like, nope, this is this is your time. you got to bond with the baby. Yeah. Yeah. They're like, yeah, we're not doing anything. We're not going to wait yet. Nothing for, like, at least an hour. They're like, you know, just, just do this. Literally. Like, you know, purge it to breastfeed and stuff like that. They're smart enough to know when something is labor and something is a medical emergency. Yep. And they will let you know far beforehand that you need to go to the emergency room. Oh, yeah. And they'll come with you. Yep. So I don't, I don't know. It's a whole field that gets zero respect. Yeah. They really, they really don't. Like most midwives, like that have like either like a birth center or like, like a, um, like a highly trained midwife that does home births. Um, usually their transfer rate to the hospital is like 12% out of 100. Which is extremely low. 
And that should tell you, like, how much they got their shit. You know what I mean? Again, I'm not saying that emergencies don't happen. Obviously, that 12% were emergencies that needed to be transferred. You know what I mean? But the thing is, it's like, they knew the sign. Like, so, there's, I can't really find, and see, this is what I also hate, is that they don't have enough studies on homeowners. So, because there's actually, I mean, yeah, they're getting more popular now, especially since COVID, because a lot of people weren't wanting to go to hospitals during COVID. Because of all, like, they're really trying to make women get yeah. birth alone at the hospital. Like, are you fucking kidding me? Um, but... So there isn't, like, a lot of studies, but the studies that they do have, like, this one's from 2019, so pre-pandemic, before the surge of home births started again. So I feel like the studies that are done on home births are kind of unfair, because a lot of people aren't having home births, compared to hospital births, I'm saying. It's rising, but, like, still, like, not that many mm-hmm. are having them. Um... So they usually, so like hospital births are, you know, there's a 32.1% of the mortality rate out of 100,000. That's a big fucking, like that, that's, that's a big number. Um, now with home births, it's going to look a lot high, it's going to look higher, but they do it out of 10,000 yeah. births. So that's why oh, I it's think definitely it's unfair. unfair. I mean, how are you going to compare so, like, hundreds of thousands of women giving birth in a hospital to 10,000 women yeah, giving 10, birth at home? And actually, I don't think there's 10,000 giving birth at home. Let me see. 2021 home births in America. Okay. Okay, so there was. So, and this is from the CDC website. I'm I'm looking at my phone now, not my computer. So in 2021, there was. If it actually gives you the mortality rate here, it probably does not. There was 51,642 home births in 2021, like total. So, um, and, but it doesn't give me the statistics on the mortality rate, but but the one study that I seen that was back in like 2018 or whatever, um, it was going by, what was it, 2019. Um, no, no, it still didn't give me like the death rate. So hold on. This is what I'm saying. Like they don't give enough information because they, they don't want to do studies on it. Why the hell would they want to do studies on it? Because they're, I mean, they're not making any money off of home births. Because that's another thing is like, so insurance doesn't cover home births. You have to pay that out mm-hmm. of pocket. And what I will say is like, yeah, okay, so it sounds expensive because it's anywhere, depending on like what area you're in, 
it's anywhere between like $1,500 upwards to like five grand. But that includes everything. So I really don't think that that's like really because, especially like if you look at a hospital bill, like the average I think in America is like 12 grand or something like that. 18,000. So vaginal delivery is 14,768 average. Childbirth, it just was childbirth, 18,865. Cesarean, 26,280,000. Yeah, you know what? One of my friends had to get a C section and their bill really came out to over 80,000. In Pennsylvania. By the That's way. ridiculous. Which takes me on to uh, um, a photography client of mine, uh, which was also like one of my friends. She, oh my gosh, she had such a bad experience. I felt so bad. And of course, I had to watch all this because I was there photographing her births. And uh, I, 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 it's, I can't even imagine what it was like in her shoes. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so what happened was so she went in to get induced. She was like a few days past her due date. And uh, she was there, I don't know, about like they, they brought her in at nighttime. They normally bring it at nighttime for some reason. Um Started on the medication and shit. Well, the next day, so I don't know. She's probably been induced by this time, like twelve hours or some shit, maybe a little bit longer. Nah, about twelve hours. And she's finally like starting to dilate and get contractions going, but she's like still not like near ready to give birth. You know what I mean? But anyway, so. She's probably like at a five by the time. So she's like halfway there. And her contractions are starting to hit in pretty good. And so she's like asking for at first she just wanted pain management, but she didn't want an epidural. And then they're like, oh no, you have to get an epidural because we don't do pain management. So it's either you have an epidural or you don't have any pain management, which that's also false. There's other different forms of pain management. Uh she was just a bitch. Um of course, like you're about to see how big of a bitch she is too. So, anyways, so my f- like friend agrees to the epidural. Well, again, I used to like I was a birth photographer, so I've been to a bunch of births, and I know how they go out. And I also was an EMT, by the way, and actually delivered two babies myself as well. Um. So I know how epidurals work. Like I'm not stupid. And I also know the science because again, like I've been around this so much, you know what I mean? And I, and also for a short time, I did actually work on labor and delivery unit and uh, NICU PICU unit as well. So like, again, I've been around this stuff a lot (laughs) and here by the way, she was acting. It was just like an hour went by and here she's still like crunching up, like really bad, like, you know what I mean? Like, fetal position, like, hardcore grabbing the bed. I'm like, okay, you can feel your contractions right now? She's like, yeah. She's like, 
that patrol is not making a difference. I'm like, oh, well, that means it's placed wrong. Or if it's placed correctly, it's just not working for you. You know what I mean? And they just, they should probably take it out because it's not serving a purpose. Um, so here, I call the nurse in. And also my friend's mom was in the room. And of course, she's also had a few kids. And she's like, yeah, this just doesn't seem right. So we called the nurse in and me and her mom were talking to her because, you know, my friend, she's like very just, she's in her contractions and she cannot talk. You know what I mean? Um, and also I want to say that this hospital would not let her get up and walk around, which is horrible for your body while you're in labor. Then, okay, obviously you cannot walk while you have an epidural in. Okay, I get that. I'm talking about before the epidural was even placed. They would never let her get up and walk around. They literally said it's against hospital policy that she had to lay in Which the bed. Which is bullshit because time. literally any other hospital will tell you yeah. walking makes labor go a little faster. Because it puts the baby down yep. in position better. Yep. Again, obviously if you have an epidural, you, you physically you can't cannot. feel anything. <laughs> so, I mean. That's different. <laughs> but no, if you don't have an epidural, you they encourage you to get up and walk usually but this hospital did not they really had a policy that you could not get up and walk around once you were checked in um so we call the nurse and we're like hey she's still feeling her contractions it's been an hour like the epidural should be kicked in by this time you know what i mean um it, it usually doesn't even take an hour to kick in most of the time you know everybody's different so it does affect people differently but here i told her and the thing is like she also lift her legs and everything i was just like yeah that's not placed right <laughs> and here i told the nurse that she really stopped and she's like you don't know what you're talking about you're not a nurse i'm like i may not be a nurse but i do have education in this and training and I've also just been around it a lot. And no, I, I know that this is incorrect done, like incorrectly done. It needs to replace, which is, you know, that happens. Like it's not going to be placed exactly correctly every single time. Like they, those anesthesiologists are working with such a small little nerve that's in between two vertebrae. You know what I mean? Like it's okay if they didn't get it right, right like the you, first time. You, know, you physically happened. can't see inside the body. Exactly. I'm just like, yo, he just yeah. needs to come back in and fix it. You know what I mean? That's it. Like, that happens. That's normal. All you're asking is for um, reassurance that it was placed correctly, which should not be an issue. Yeah. Nope. She refused to call the doctor in or, um, or the anesthesiologist, and she said that we didn't know what we were talking about. When I said, probably like another hour passed by this time, and the doctor came in. And one, she, my friend was sleeping at this time. She's finally able to like sleep through her contractions a little bit, but without even like waking her up. So I didn't personally like the doctor, but I've heard a lot of people talk really good about this doctor, particularly. I just, I just didn't like him because I thought his bedside manners weren't like the best, the way he at least treated her. You know what I mean? Um, but a lot of people do like this doctor. So, you know, maybe it was just like an off chance and that was, this was just a bad experience altogether. <laughs> um, but he just like lifts up her 
her blanket without waking her up, by the way. Doesn't wake her up. Just lifts up her, her blanket and proceeds to do a cervix check. So, you know, like, Lily puts his hands up there. Without getting consent, without waking her up or anything, I'm like, okay. Absolutely freaking not. <laughs> yeah. But at least he did listen to us, so when it came to the epidural. Because she did, obviously, yeah, I mean, once someone's, like, sitting there reaching up your hoo-ha, like, you're gonna wake yeah. up. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> See, I don't know how you feel, but I feel like that's a level of assault. I'm not trying to speak badly yeah, on no, a doctor or anything like that. But yeah. to me personally, that is a level of assault because you did not ask. Oh, oh no, I totally feel that it's assault. That's why I thought I didn't like him. But there's so many people that I know have had babies with him or not with him. But you know what I mean? Like he delivered their child. <laughs> and He has fathered many. <laughs> Ew! <laughs> did you see that movie? Yeah, I think you did. What movie? Oh my god, I think it's called like Father. Oh, the documentary? No, no. There's a movie. I mean, there there is a documentary. I think it's the same person that the movie's from. That he like worked at a fertility clinic, and instead of all these women getting IVF treatments, thinking that's her spouse's kid, and here it's his kid. I think that might be it. I just know, like, I watched a documentary about a man who got women pregnant with his own sperm. And the only reason why they found out about it, I think it was the guy, because the only reason why they found out about it was because one of them just did a, like, a DNA test to see, like, where they're from and mm -hmm. all that kind of stuff. And it came across that they had a familial match and they reached out to that person and then more and more people they just found there and they had like 900 yeah. kids yeah he worked or something at like that. it was insane as a doctor and yeah. here instead of inseminating these women with their spouses or donor whoever they pick you know because some of them are themselves they, they they don't have a partner so they have a donor or like they could be a lesbian couple you know what i mean so or even if they are married to you know the opposite sex uh, sometimes the opposite sex doesn't have good sperm, so they have to go through a dinner. You know what I mean? But anyways, yeah, they did not get the sperm that they obviously also paid for. Not even just, like, not, um... <sighs> like, yeah, like, not only did they pay for that sperm <laughs> and the whole treatment, yeah, yeah, that just weird so weird and uh, did he ever get in trouble or did he already die by this time um but yeah so going back to my story sorry that was like a whole sidetrack thing because <laughs> that he has followed me <laughs> um yeah so but yeah, I mean, I've had other friends and people that I know that have had the same doctor that they've had wonderful experiences with childbirth with him. So again, this is might have just been a whole bad experience, sadly, for her. But he did listen to us about the epidural. I was like, can you please, like, it, like, either you or the anesthesiologist, please take a look at this because her epidural now has been in for like two hours 
and he could see her that she that she was feeling her contractions so he actually did like um a like reflex check on her he's like yeah that's not a place right i'm gonna get the anesthesiologist in here and so the anesthesiologist came in he's like oh yep nope this isn't place right he's like i'm gonna get on this and re uh you know just redo it no 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 problem and uh so here on top of all that so here obviously whenever you get an epidural they have to stop your pitocin because pitocin like i said earlier like it contracts your uterus and stuff so obviously it gives you those contractions to start you know moving your baby down and stuff or the placenta and stuff you know um so they have to stop the pitocin to do the epidural because obviously they don't want you having contractions because you have to hold still during an epidural you know and the thing is, whenever you get induced and you stop the Pitocin, it can literally just stop your whole ass labor. And that's what it did for her. So here, the nurse purposely didn't restart her Pitocin. Out of spite. Because she fucked up. What a bitch. And she, yeah. And so, finally, around like 7 p.m., so this is like four or five hours later, the evening or like you know the night shift nurse comes in to do the shift but she's like when was this pitocin hung and i was like it's been there since this morning like yeah she's like oh no she's like that means it wasn't restarted i was like yeah i'm like the other nurse hasn't been in here since the last time she got her epidural for the second time that's been like four or five hours ago and she's like Oh, yeah. She's like, it looks like the nurse before me didn't restart the Pitocin then. And so that nurse did restart the Pitocin. But by this time, her labor stopped for too long to where it wasn't kicking back in. <laughs> and then they, around midnight, came in. So there's like three, four hours later because uh, the baby's heart rate started acting up. And then she had to get a C-section. And then to make matters worse... <laughs> She got a bad infection from the C-section surgery. So, and they sent her home. They sent her home with the infection with no antibiotics or anything, by the way. That's ridiculous. That's why, like, yeah, you should so, try your best to stay away from C-sections unless medically necessary. Yeah. Or unless it's, like, your choice, but then you kind of know what you're getting into because yeah. you planned it. <laughs> but, um... So, yeah, they sent her home, and, like, it was, like, a few days later, I was, like, visiting her, and I was, like, you know, like, why are you shivering? So, I could tell she was shivering. She's, like, I don't know. She's, like, I just can't stop shivering. I was, like, well, are you cold? Because it was winter time. I was, like, are you cold? And she's, like, no, I just can't stop shivering. I'm, like, oh, shit. I was, like, let me look at your C-section. And here, I was, like, this doesn't look good. I'm, like, you really need to call your doctor, get an appointment, like, ASAP, because this doesn't look good. So she did, and I forget if she went, like, that day or the day or, like, the next day or something. And her, I'm pretty sure, like, her sister took her to the hospital. Or, not the hospital, but the or the doctor's office. But then at the doctor's office, that's when they found out that she has, like, a really bad infection. They're like, oh, no, you need to go to the emergency room. So her sister went back, like, her sister dropped her off at the emergency room, but then went back and, like, got her, her, her kid and um i'm sorry my cat 
so here and then so i met with her at the emergency room because i didn't want her to be by herself and stuff you know um and literally while we were like in the emergency room because she couldn't really sit down because she was like by this time she was in so much pain uh that she couldn't sit down well then all of a sudden like i started seeing her like like this blood coming through her gown like right where her stomach is so i lifted up her gown i was like you know let me look at you real quick because i mean obviously like again like i have you know training and stuff you know what i mean like nothing weird and literally as i'm like lifting up her gown her c-section starts ripping open so then i'm starting to like at that point because like it's not like i have anything there to help me out so at this point i'm a little panicky and <laughs> and so i just start grabbing like towels and just start pushing them against her belly because i'm just like uh i don't i don't know what this is going to be like i don't just in case like i don't want your insides coming out like i don't know what happens you know what i mean like i've never had to deal with this oh <laughs> i have to like yelling out to the nurse station i'm like someone needs to come get here now <laughs> um and then she had to go in for another surgery to fix all of that like literally clean out the infection reset everything up and then she literally had to be in the hospital for a freaking week dude i was like wow that's insanity yeah and then on top of that she had to have wound care for two months which i did actually most of her wound care like there was a nurse that stopped by i'm not sure if it was every day or maybe every other day something like that but I'm the one that actually would stop by like twice a day and like change out her stuff for her because like she can't do it. Like you can't really see your stomach, especially like when you're recovering postpartum and stuff, like your belly is still big. Um it was just horrible. I felt so terrible for her. And she's like, I never want another kid. I'm like, I don't blame you. But I hate that she had that experience because she should have had to have that experience. Like that shouldn't be the reason why she doesn't want other kids in the future. You know what I mean? Like, it should just be like, okay, one's enough for me. Or, you know what I mean? Like, I'm happy with one kid. You know what I mean? Not, okay, my birth and recovery was so traumatic that I don't want another one because I don't want to go through that again. That's horrible. Because yeah. giving birth and, like, meeting your baby can be such a beautiful thing. So... But yeah, there's so many births from in just a hospital trauma, not just birth, just a lot of it is birth. I mean, we're on a birth topic, so <laughs> but yeah, I just um uh, no. Okay. We're just gonna read some medical PTSD and trauma stories. Let's read this one. This one's a C-section story. So I had a torture C-section 12 years ago and now have medical PTSD. 12 years ago, I had a C-section that still makes absolutely no sense. Um, the epidural didn't take and I could still move my legs, but put my crappy evil or but my crappy evil doctor wanted to get it over with so he started the surgery anyways i felt a lot of oh my god she 
wasn't numb for her C-section. This is fucking horrible. Oh my god. Yeah, the epidural didn't take and I could still move my legs, but my crappy evil doctor wanted to get it over with, so he started surgery anyways. I felt a lot of what was happening. I kept twitching and crying and they were getting annoyed. I begged for something for pain, but was refused. The baby was removed and they continued to operate on me for an additional hour plus without telling me why. At this point, I was terrified and alone with the medical staff. They wouldn't tell me what was going on and I felt everything that they were doing. Nurses were called to hold my legs down. As I begged for pain relief, the anesthesiologist leaned over and said, I can't give you more epidural. You're wide open on the table. Then he went back to reading his newspaper. I felt like I was dying and I started praying for God to take me now because I couldn't do this anymore. I felt like I was in a horror movie. Towards the end, the anesthesiologist was getting annoyed with me or getting annoyed by me praying for death and put a medication into my IV. The medication made me feel heavy. I felt I couldn't keep my eyes open, but then the pain would jolt me awake. It only made this ordeal worse. Um, It only made it easier for the medical staff as I couldn't say much anymore. Eventually it ended and I was brought to the recovery room where I was told I looked like death and then got ignored. Um, I was 20 years old and scared, and the doctor showed me no respect at all. I wasn't treated like a person. I never thought a patient could be treated the way I was in a developed country. I was told until many, many hours later that the additional surgery was due to a cyst that had grown and was strangling my fallopian tube. They said I could have lost the ovary. And they saved the ovary. I still don't know if I believe them because why wouldn't they tell me that or tell me what was happening while I was laying there asking. I never wanted to get pregnant again. I had bad postpartum depression. I feel some of that was because I was tortured and surgery was performed on me while I was awake and feeling the surgery. I also had an abusive husband and no real support system. I remember speaking about the surgery and being told I have a baby to raise. Oh my God. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Let me see here. Sorry, I lost my place by seizing. I'm being told I have a baby to raise and I should move on. I should have sued, but didn't. I was... Just too messed up to even look into legal stuff at the time. Fast forward 12 years, I still have nightmares and flashbacks. Um, I avoid the doctors and have neglected my health. I decided it's time to take my health serious. I made a dentist appointment um, today at 2 p.m. Another doctor's appointment for the coming months. I also, I am so terrified of letting people have access to me and control over me that I'm having a full-blown anxiety attack right now. I'm so scared. I know I will probably be okay, but I still can't stop freaking out. I also just realized this dentist has moved to the very same building. My torture C-section doctor has his main office. Am I crazy for still being affected by this 12 years later? 
What can I do to move on? Any advice? I feel like such a loser for letting this get to me. No, girl, you have every reason and right to feel the way you do. I'm, well, I don't know the statute of limitations when it comes to like malpractice. But I almost wonder if she could still do this, like still go after them. So. Oh, hold on. There's more. I forgot to mention that my abusive ex-husband, never get married at 18, took a picture of me wide open on the table and then showed me my own organs on the screen of his digital camera. At that moment, I almost passed out. I think that made the experience even worse. How do I heal from this? I'm terrified of the dentist and I'm a grown woman. I know the dentist isn't the same as a C-section, but the idea of letting people have access and control over me is terrifying. But that's just so sad. Um, she wouldn't be able to do anything right now because medical malpractice is up to 10 years. So she could have sued uh, two years ago. Yeah. But if she had any kind of husband, she could have focused on recovering and he could have taken care of that. But it sounds like she married a piece of shit. So, yeah. Yeah, and at least she divorced him, right. it sounds like, so. Okay, so let's, I'm going to read through this. This It's short, but then we can, like, wrap it up because this is a pretty long episode. Um. So my medical PTSD keeps getting reinforced. How am I supposed to recover when my worst fears are proven right over and over again? Apologize for the long rant. After a seven-hour trip to urgent care, then the ER, completely unhelpful nurses, exhaustion, and many tears, I feel like CPTSD is the only available response to having a chronic illness. It took me seven years of gaslighting and being forced to go on birth control to get diagnosed with endometriosis. Then my surgeon left cysts in me and I didn't look everywhere she promised to. I literally cannot think of a single good doctor I've had for my physical health problems in my entire life of having health issues. I cannot recover. Um, I gaslight myself over symptoms I can see with my very eyes. It took me two days to go to the ER over signs of internal bleeding and sudden vertigo because I convinced myself it wasn't happening before any doctor could do so. Then my blood work, CT scan, and urine came back completely normal. No one understands how crushing this is. I feel like I've made it all up. I feel like the nurses at the ER think I made it all up. I hate having health issues. I hate how I am treated for it. I hate having these scares. I just, I cannot stand our system. I hate, no, I was just about to say, I hate, I hate the medical system. Like, 
a man goes in for a fucking cold and gets like hooked up with morphine and shit. Well, I mean, a man <laughs> goes in to get what they call fixed. Yeah. You know, to uh stop having kids. He gets morphine. They go in and tie a woman's tubes, she gets Advil. I don't see how that's okay. Even, like, so, like, my dad took me out for lunch today, and we were just talking about certain things, and then also what popped up in the conversation was my last miscarriage. And I was like, you know, like, whenever you have a miscarriage, especially, like, the further along you get, you do go into actual labor, like, you have contractions, they're consistent, like, you can literally time them. Um, you still pass your baby, um, you know what I mean? He's just not alive, sadly. Um, but, but I was telling my dad, I was like, you know, it's just not fair how women get treated medically, because I'm like, you know what they gave me for my miscarriage for pain, which is full-blown labor? Actually, even my friends that have had miscarriages, they say that they're they rather have a baby than have a miscarriage. They they've all said that miscarriages are more painful than what their labor was for like having their full term baby. So they gave me fucking ibuprofen, which you honestly like, shouldn't oh. be taking because if you're bleeding, which that's what yeah. a miscarriage is, if you're bleeding, taking ibuprofen is going to cause you to bleed more. Yep. It's a blood thinner. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> this is what I'm talking about. Like, our women's health is not taken seriously. No. And then. Like, I'm not saying any of this to, like, beat down men or anything like that. I'm no. just saying that when God, I no. go into an emergency department i want them to take me as seriously as they do a man do not ask me if yeah. it's my damn period i will tell you if it's my period yeah which i get like there are medical concerns with it but i feel like certain things should trump whether or not it's my period yeah no and you know i I don't know about you, but I feel like some, and I, I feel bad saying this, but I feel like some women doctors are worse than men. Yeah. No, I Like, do. you request a woman doctor because you feel more comfortable, but then they just, you know, gaslight you more. Yep. Like, no offense, but... I picked a woman doctor because I felt like you would sympathize with me on this. Yeah. Half the time, they don't. Nope. Well, this has been a very informative episode. It's a lot more educational yeah. than the tangent episodes usually are yeah which isn't a bad thing no. 
Um, if you watched our, well, watched, yeah, okay. Well, eventually we will have video. Yeah. I just, I don't know when that's happening. I'd like to put a date on it, but so much stuff has happened in the past couple of months that there's just no point in putting dates on anything anymore. <laughs> Except for recording episodes, that's the only thing I have set in stone. Um... If you listen to the last one, you'll know that we do have a an episode coming out um, about UFOs. So, uh, do you want to host that one, or do you want me to? About you. Okay. So uh, reach out to us if you ever had any type of UFO experience, because we will definitely um, get some stories, like user-submitted stories. Um, and if you know, Britt, if you know anybody who has had anything like that or believes in it, studies it, have them hop on with us. Okay. Yeah, no, I am going to look out for it, so... Um, hopefully this shares a little insight and people will kind of sympathize. Yeah. Try to understand a little more. But, uh, I think that wraps it up. Remember you are loved and you are wanted. Stay safe out there. And we will get at you next week. Bye. Bye.